Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about crafting, a recent keep siege, and the flexibility of Crowfall. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are you doing this week, man? I am uh, in awe, sir. Wow. <laughs> I even got called sir. Are you in awe with me? No. That's um, a little disappointing. <laughs> not at the moment. Okay. But, uh, I've, been, I've been in awe of you uh, many times. It's really? Yeah. I don't feel like it's a flattering moment, though. <laughs> So, of course it is. So let's move past. I'm only a nice guy. <laughs> that's that's uh, <laughs> debatable. So, nice guy who finds himself in awe. What are you in awe in in, in the the realm <laughs> of Crowfall? Well, I started messing around with crafting more. I've been seeing what this uh, necromancy crafting vessels is all about. And definitely understand better the amount of resources that it takes to even craft the vessel and, of course, let alone get a, a drop on the, on the discipline. And so I was just amazed at someone who had actually crafted up that discipline from, from Gray. I mean, we've been playing for several months now, and so we've had the benefit of getting rewards from the various campaigns mm -hmm. um so it's been easier to kind of like jumpstart people in certain crafting disciplines so i was coming in with like uh, a purple necro mm -hmm. and a green belt and then was able to get alchemy uh comparable you know fairly quickly without doing much crafting because of the rewards but yeah i mean i've made just four vessels i mean some common and like, like two greens but haven't gotten a discipline drop yet so it's a little disappointing mm. but you know figure right. we'll get some rocks again soon right right <laughs> so how many different uh crafts does it pull from gatherers i should say i I, ideally, you would want to have an alchemist with a blue belt because that would lower the resource cost on the ambrosia. Uh, you need the ambrosia to get the the body parts ready for crafting. Mm -hmm. So it, it lowers it a little bit on that front, but I I really need a blue necromancy belt as well because then it would lower the amount of ambrosia you use per body part. So I still got a ways to go. Well, so I guess, I guess what I'm trying to, what I meant was like how many gathering disciplines does it pull from? So you need rock, right? Cause you, to make the ambrosia, you need stuff from rocks, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cinnabar, halite. And those two things come from minerals. And then you also need the body parts. And is that it? Yeah, I think, I think okay. so. Yeah. Okay. So I guess quarrying is the main main one for that. Right. Which is interesting 
it's interesting that they it's an interesting choice to pair quarrying with it so for example most of the crafts have a a sister craft if you will right like if you're gonna make staves mm. then you need stuff from leather workers right yeah, you know, yeah you're a woodworker or if you're a weapon crafter i think you still need stuff from leather working or whatever like there's pairings throughout with different crafting Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to, that they chose quarrying because it doesn't otherwise have much use in equipment, right? Like you're not or potions, you're not yeah. making those things out of stone. So you you definitely make the glass jars mm-hmm. out of the stone, but that's I mean fair. that's that's a small cost, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Hmm. So yeah, I. I have not messed with necromancy at all. I've not really messed with grave digging at all either. It seems like with grave digging, it would be challenging just because the grave yards themselves are not obvious to see. Whereas like cutting wood is pretty easy because <laughs> you can see the trees from really far away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I've ran around, I think probably Skypoint the most looking for graveyards because I'm just starting out and I was uh, trying to see what the grave digging was all about. And I had trouble finding graveyards. And then recently we switched our faction and aligned ourselves with Moon. A lot of our main players wanted to do that. But coming out of a different temple at the beginning... For for whatever reason, I don't know, it was like, oh, there's actually several graveyards over here that I didn't see when I was, like, running around, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, like, coming out of the Earth Temple, I kind of had a set way of playing where there are certain areas that I kind of like to go to just to farm gold or disciplines. And... um Coming out of the other side, it was like, there's actually some neat areas over here that I didn't really pay attention to just because I was used to playing on on the other side more. And and different types of areas. Like, I found an area that was, could be really good for skinning. Mm. And then I was just thinking like, well, I guess I could just do that. I mean, I was planning on doing something else, but then I saw that and I was like, I guess I could do that for a while. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't... The factions is an interesting thing. I mean, it makes sense, obviously, in Skypoint. It makes sense in Shadow. Doesn't really have any bearing in dregs. Yeah. What do you think of the factions, though? Do you like that we can change factions so easily? Do you do you think the factions are working as intended? I don't know. What are your thoughts on the factions? I think there's a lot of room for development. Personally, I I felt a little troubled of switching factions just because, I mean, it was purely my own choice and experience, but when we started and, and made the guild, we started out on the Earth faction, and the guilds that I had originally reached out to in that first month I was looking for them to be the same faction just because I figured maybe it would help. We didn't know much about the game, but I was like, well, maybe it'll help us finding an alliance, right? Mm -hmm. And so that 
first alliance that we are in was largely an earth alliance and i mean you could just kind of tell because when we applied ourselves to faction versus faction it kind of influenced things and then we went and tried dregs and and so on but people eventually quit and now it's we didn't we don't have that holding us together in the particular alliance that we're in now mm-hmm. and and so we don't really have anything holding us tied to earth other than that was just kind of where we started and then mm-hmm. it's like well i don't know i had this idea that we were going to be on earth and then fight the forces of moon and sun but now that's changing and I don't necessarily have an argument for why it shouldn't change, I guess. So that that was why we just went ahead and switched it. But I definitely think that people should probably not be able to switch as often. Like maybe once you do switch and enter into faction versus faction, that maybe that would lock you into that for the current campaign. Mm. I don't know. It, there, there seems to be a line where it's like, well, because rewards are involved and we can just switch teams at any point, what is stopping us from just switching to the winning team every time? Right. And then it's, well, it's a personal choice. It's like, I, I want the competition or I want it to be harder. But when you have, I mean, the, Folks in our guild have various reasons. It's not just about rewards or something, but just a, a point to make. And it's like, if if a, all of our guild members have this idea that they want to go to a different faction, then it's like, well, I just make the switch, right? I mean, it's easier to do that. But I don't know. Is that best for the game? I mean, uh, this is this is maybe really dumb. I literally just had the thought right in this moment. Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if it would make more sense for the faction to not be tied to the guild. Because where your guild really matters is in dregs. Right. Because that's guild versus guild. So what I was going to say is, I guess, like in faction versus faction, what if you could just be in whatever faction you want? Now, the problem with that becomes that now obviously guild members would be fighting against one another and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who knows what problems, you know, a lot of problems stem from that. If people, you know, whatever, take yeah. resources and stuff, but I don't know. It just, it seems almost kind of wrong. Isn't the right word, but just, I don't know. Like, why does it have to be a guild thing? And I guess it's the reasons I just laid out, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I, I'm picking up where you're, trying to get to because i've been thinking about it a lot too and in the past in the games that we have played usually something like that is determined at character creation and so it's it just is what it is you know there is no changing that in it's true but then you know like so not in in dark age but in in wow like wow classic for example on the server that i was playing on with my friends they that server is, it's a PVP server and it's basically a hundred percent horde at this point uh-huh. because, you know, just like you're talking about, like what we're discussing, you can't change factions, right? Right. 
you get character creation, you choose Alliance or Horde. So what that's turned into is that the Horde was a huge population advantage. Mm -hmm. And since it's a PvP server, anytime they could fight, they do. And the Horde usually won just because of a numbers thing, if nothing else. Right. And so then that just drives Alliance players to not want to play there. And because they can't solve the problem on their own, they just stop playing on that server, right? They either roll somewhere else or maybe just stop playing the game. I mean, I don't, you know, who knows, but so empower, I guess my point is that on the one hand, like giving players the agency to change factions can lead to it being manipulated to everyone just trying to join the same faction so that everyone can get the rewards or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't allow players to change, then it can lead to situations where they just stop playing altogether because it's not fun and they don't, you know, if it's tied to character creation, well, they don't want to roll a new character, right? They don't want to start all over. And now in Crowfall, that looks a little different than it does in those other games. But yeah, even still, I can appreciate that. You know, like if I wanted to play, if I want to play a druid in Crowfall, why do I want to play two druids? <laughs> you have two different factions, right? I don't. Yeah, exactly. And, the idea of having to even pay real money for like a server change or a faction change is like, ugh. yeah, now, now it's a barrier that's in no way related to the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I almost feel like, um, maybe it should just be something where it's like, if you change factions, then for the rest of that, whatever campaign is going on, mm -hmm you get like half the rewards or something. If you change like in the middle or something. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, you're pretty much always in the middle, right? Cause I mean, what is there one day where there's not <laughs> oh. a campaign running? Yeah. Well, I guess shadow didn't run at all last month, but you know what I mean? Assuming that shadow is up and running alongside dregs and I guess sky points always up, but I, I can't imagine. Are there, are there campaign rewards for sky point? I guess maybe there, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> If so, I don't know. I've never heard anyone talk about them. No, no. Um, so my point being, Shadow is where the faction versus faction really matters. So it's like, if you change factions in the middle, which again is inevitably when it's going to be, fine, but your rewards are nerfed a little bit this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just something that gives, I think, the faction choice more weight in consideration other than like well, we can we can switch now, so let's just do it. But I mean, there's there's a lot of depth to be mined out of that, also because each faction has, I think it's like four deities, mm. and I mean, they're all have their own character traits and and who they are, right? I don't know. It seems like that there could be some sort of passive tied to your choice as well. I mean, that could be interesting along, along with what you said, if it was also tied to the character, I mean, potentially you make a class align it with a certain faction, just, you know, I don't know, match up some abilities or stats or something. I think that, I think the challenge with that becomes that there's two ways that goes that I see. And that's either that, the passive bonuses are powerful enough 
that there's a min-max to be done. Mm -hmm. Which now means if you're a druid and you're not, you know, aligned with whatever X deity that gives whatever passive bonus that is known to be the best one for your class, uh -huh. then you're doing the wrong one, right? Mm -hmm. So then that drives this cookie cutter meta that I don't think is fun. Or the passive bonuses are so, so low impact that it doesn't matter which one you choose because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just kind of a thing. It could be, it could be like non ability class combat related. It could be like gathering or something. So, so then it's like, right. I mean, if you wanted to mine or something, then maybe you would pick this other one, but it wouldn't actually yeah. like lead to some sort of overall meta. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely interesting ideas. And I mean, I think, I think faction versus faction is always a problem in all games because of population balance. It's just so hard to get the populations even. Yeah. And you, you don't want to force players to play in one place or another. So in other games, what they do is they incentivize players. Hey, if you roll in the low pop faction, you get extra experience or extra gold or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work here because you can change them right you can change it easily so so that wouldn't be a solution and i think that's why guild versus guild and then you know or by proxy alliance versus alliance is the more popular solution because it allows players to kind of negotiate that now to some extent we do see the same thing there where hey let's just all join the big guild or something right <laughs> yeah the the big but alliance the which is a, another conversation we can touch on alliance but they limit that yeah. by putting in population caps and number of guilds that can be involved and, and that kind of thing right so there's some limitation and you're right we can talk about we can talk about what that looks like there too but yeah i don't know i think faction versus faction i think it's i think i like the idea of it being this middle ground like you kind of talked about before when it first came out I still struggle, though, frankly, with Skypoint and Shadow. I just don't feel like there's a good enough incentive structure to get veteran players to play there. And so yeah, that just kind of diminishes it. I don't mean to ramble. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's exactly what you were saying. I mean, our guild is a good example because we have, I mean, we're a smaller guild, but... The players that we do have, most of them are need to be in dregs. They're they're far enough along in crafting that they need those higher tier nodes and resources, right? Um, to just make the best use of their abilities. And so having to care about faction versus faction or something is is just not their priority. I was actually having a conversation the other day about, do you remember Darkness Falls in Camelot? Uh-huh. It would be interesting if there was some sort of Darkness Falls, like, based on map control or some, some sort of trigger that it could open up a Darkness Falls. And <laughs> if, it, some, if it linked faction versus faction and dregs or something, I mean, that would be crazy. 
<laughs> but it wouldn't work because in dregs you can have guilds and an alliance that are not in the same faction. Right, right. But once you went into Darkness Falls, it would have to be probably it would have to be faction determined. So just to kind of clarify for people who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, in Dark Age of Camelot, and, and it's kind of a different setup, so I don't know. I'm interested to hear your thoughts more on it, but I just want to explain to people what we're talking about at all. So in Dark Age of Camelot, there's three factions, but in Dark Age of Camelot, each faction gets its own entirely separate PvE continent that you level from 1 to 50, which was the max level in that game on. Mm-hmm. And... There is no PvP on that PvP continent. And to be clear, they are entirely distinct. It's not just a, it's not just a copy of the same PvE continent for all three. All three factions have different cities on these continents, totally different landscapes. Literally everything is different. The mobs are different. Everything is different. Right. Um, which is super cool because <laughs> it's kind of like three totally different games. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to build in, but yeah. But so... So in that game, to do PvP, you would either go to like an instance battleground if you're leveling up still, or at max level, you would go to the frontier, which was PvP zones. It's not open PvP, but it's faction versus faction PvP. There's no flagging or anything, though. If you're out there and you encounter someone from another faction, you're, you can fight, and, and that's it. Darkness Falls was a dungeon that they put in that had an entrance in each of the three PVE continents. And it had content in the dungeon, like monsters, mobs, all the way from level like uh, around 20. I mean, maybe a little bit under 20 you could go there. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Maybe it was 10, whatever. We'll, we'll just say 20, but all the way to 50. So you could get lower level players in there and then all the way up to high-level players, and each faction has an entrance, and then ultimately all of the the tunnels coming out of each faction's entrance pour into a centralized area where, kind of what you were just alluding to, Chris, you you can then go back up into the tunnel of one of the other factions, and you can fight each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was kind of a unique blend of PvE and PvP because otherwise in Camelot, they were very segregated. PvE was done on the continent where you leveled, and PvP was done out in the frontier where you PvP'd, but you didn't really blend the two very often, at least. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's, the, that's, the, that's what Darkness Falls is. So where I'm confused, I guess, is that Darkness Falls offered an opportunity to fight against each other, again, in kind of this mixed PvE environment, and it offered access to lower-level players, but in in Crowfall, there's not a dedicated PVE place to link from. So I guess I just don't understand where you're... I don't understand how it is like Darkness Falls. Well, I mean, the the way you would enter into it would be through a part on the map in the Faction vs. Faction campaign or the Dregs campaign. Right, but everyone has access to all of that, and the control of all of that can change. So, like, is it in the Earth Temple and in the Moon Temple? It would be out in the world somewhere, and it would it would be opened up by some sort of set of conditions. 
that could change. I mean, an easy one to consider would be the amount of keeps you control. But, I mean, it could be a number of different different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that was the other thing that I didn't explain. So with Darkness Falls, only one of the factions had access to it at any given time. But if you logged out in it and then your faction lost control, you could log back in and you're still in there mm-hmm. and, you know, until you die. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I, I I like the idea of more varied content, like more PVE content to see, more places to go fight stuff and, and get in fights and whatever. Yeah. So I'm good with that. I I I don't I I'm not able to wrap my head around right now how it works with limiting access, like especially in dregs where there's I mean, you could have ten alliances or you could have four hundred alliances. So like who's getting control and it just seems like it could be something that just feeds the rich. Now, in faction versus faction, it could be interesting, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if we just take an example of if Earth faction owned so many keeps, then it opened up the Darkness Falls portal for for the Earth faction. But even though there are people in Dregs, I mean, there's reasons for them to care about that. If that would allow Earth faction people and Dregs to enter through Dregs as well. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting idea. It was something I hadn't hadn't given any sort of thought to prior to now. Um, it, it seems like there could be an interesting dynamic because the alliances are largely based on performance and dregs and your relations there but the faction doesn't actually mean anything if you're able to link it potentially you have guilds and alliances that are different factions that would benefit from darkness falls opening i don't know it seems like there could be a different different strategies at play to kind of take advantage of that yeah yeah, I, I, I definitely, again, I just, I think that there definitely needs to be, and I, and I don't know if it's some version of that or it's something entirely different, I don't know, but there just needs to be some incentive to bring players into the Shadow, and frankly into Skypoint, because the new player experience is still what I've said the whole time, where someone's going to show up, and I don't care if they get to level 30 in an hour, if they go to Skypoint... They're, they're probably not going to find anyone. And if they do, they're probably going to get killed pretty quickly. <laughs> and there's not other people there to help them because there's not that many people, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Shadow is kind of more of the same. Like you go, but it's not really clear what's happening. And it's not obvious why anyone that, that really cares about playing Crowfall a lot would be there. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is that they're not. Yeah. And this is the problem that Dark Age of Camelot ran into now. It's not the only problem it ran into. Everyone says that, that what killed Dark Age was Trials of Atlantis because Trials of Atlantis created a scenario in which, and that was the second expansion for the game, mm-hmm. to be clear. It created a scenario where the gear grind was so overwhelming that it kind of just disbarred new players from joining because it's they never increased the level cap. So if you, if you created a brand new account and leveled to 50 arguably you would 
progress unless you could get a guild or something that could kind of leap you ahead you could progress all the way through the level 50 gear that was good when the game first came out all the way through the second expansions in game gear whereas in a game like world of warcraft or most other mmos <laughs> since then they increase the level cap which kind of resets everyone right because now now you only need to worry about getting the best gear for the new maximum level. Mm -hmm. Whatever was good gear at the old maximum level is irrelevant. So certainly maybe that is what killed the game. You know, I, I, that makes sense to me. But I also, I think a big part of what killed the game too is that they made it so that once you hit level 50 with any character, which again is the cap, you could then automatically level any new character you made to 20. Yeah. Well, what that meant is, and in Camelot, level 1 to 20 is like, I don't know, a week of playing probably. I, mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a while. You're not getting there fat in a day. It just turned it into a scenario where there's just no veteran players from 1 to 20. And, the, and again, it's an older game, but honestly, in a lot of similar ways to Crowfall, the, the problems aren't the same, but the overall idea that like this game is not intuitive, right? Like, <laughs> it's, not, it, it's great, and there's a lot of cool stuff, but it's not just super obvious when you show up how it all works. Yeah. And what you need is players who do know to help people. But right now, most, if not all of those players are in the dregs. And I just don't see them coming out of there unless they changed significantly the incentives for why they would. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing because with the way the token imports work and everything, it's like once you commit your character and so much so many disciplines to drags you're you're just in drags and that's where you play the game well and if your guild's there right like i mean we've talked over and over i mean this might be the most group focused game that i've ever played as far as an mmo goes and so if your guild's out in drags largely if you're going to play with them then you would need to be there too you know what i mean like if you can go to shadow or skypoint on your own but your capacity to do things by yourself is just limited. Yes. And the best rewards aren't there. Right. Correct. So, Correct. so yeah, I don't know. I, um, I'm hopeful that they'll figure something out and, and I, and it'd be awesome if it could be something like what you suggested, some, some new dungeon, some new zone, some new area that kind of shakes things up and, and provides some incentive. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of things to consider in that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, because you, you don't want to create something that creates worse problems, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a lot of balancing details and how it would be well, implemented it, to work out. It's also not like you can, it's not like to create something like that is just a, you know, an afternoon. And then if it doesn't work, you're just like, nah, whatever, no big deal. Like, <laughs> So there's just a lot of time and resource, just manpower resource, you know, invested in creating these things too. So you have to get it right, I guess is my point. Oh, yes, for sure. You create stuff and then just scrap it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can't just try everything there. Right. So I wanted to share a story that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. That speaks to, I think, an experience that I... Think maybe only Crowfall can offer. I, I mean, maybe not, <laughs> but I'm not sure what other it would be. And part of that is actually due to guild versus guild. Like this wouldn't be possible in a faction versus faction game. And that is, we had a keep defense, 
where, and I don't know that I, I from my understanding, this is not like a totally unique tactic. It, uh, people have executed it before. So not that this is the first time it's ever been seen, but basically we, we have a keep defense. So we show up, we're, you know, keeping eyes on the keep or whatever. And right around when trees spawn or just before when trees spawn, someone in our discord is like, Oh my God, there's a ton of red names in the keep right now. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what? So we all go over and yeah, uh, apparently (laughs) the enemy players had gotten a Ganeshan knight (laughs) who is not part of their alliance. So that way they show up as enemies to burrow under the keep wall, go up on top of it, and then pull the quote-unquote enemy players, our enemies, but, you know, whatever, the players who show up as enemy to this this knight and use his combat ability to pull them up onto the wall, and then they went and hid in some basement <laughs> for some undetermined amount of time prior to the keep siege starting with the hopes that when we left to either go recapture respawns or to go capture trees or, you know, kill trees or whatever, that they could run out and like backdoor us kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It turned out we had pretty overwhelming numbers and, and we, I think maybe they thought we had left the keep before we actually did. So it almost was like, they just kind of played their hand too quick, mm-hmm. but they revealed themselves. We had like twice as many. So we wrecked, we wrecked them pretty quickly but I was really, really impressed with that strategy, right? Like, they didn't cheat. They didn't do anything. I mean, arguably having a non-gilded player pull your team up into the keep, it's not cheating. It's a little exploitive or whatever. But I kind of like it still. I kind of like the... the I, I, I appreciate the creativity. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no issue with it. I mean, there was some folks that were you know on that like oh they're manipulating it or something but i mean if you're able to do that with the combat abilities it's a very creative way of using it and i was actually kind of uh upset myself because i've played the knight for a long time and early on i was definitely trying to chain on different elevations and I was having a really difficult time to do it mm. but it seems like it is fixed or better now <laughs> something because they got in yeah there. yeah well I've tried it since then since we saw them do it I was like oh this actually works a lot better than I remember it working before <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah but anyway I just I, I think that that's a, a it is a very creative way to play it's a very creative strategy for them to, to try and employ. It's kind of cheeky and funny too, I think. Yeah. But again, like I don't know of another game where that's possible based on a, the fact that it's guild versus guild and the keeps are still this big, right? Cause in a game like guild wars two or even elder scrolls, there's keep sieges and all this stuff happening, but it's all faction based. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't get the enemy player to hook you up in that way right because there wouldn't be a way to communicate with them in that way mm-hmm. um and i don't know if those games i don't know if they have the ability the just simply the the literal abilities that pull people that's not 
wholly unique to Crowfall, certainly. But yeah, I don't know. I was just like, that's a that is a Crowfall experience right there. Like that's something that happens in Crowfall that I've not seen other places. And to me, it speaks to like that's an example of why people would want to play the game, you know, is because you can do creative, clever stuff like that in a keep siege situation. And, and I don't, I don't know that everyone knows that when they hear about Crowfall, you know? Yeah. And the, just the Ganeshian itself. I mean, you get tunnel and Mm -hmm. you can tunnel under walls and stuff. Yeah. Very creative. There's an ability, I mean, from, you know, from the devs. Mm -hmm. I had never considered that as a thing <laughs> before in any of those. Yeah, but I mean, tunneling into keeps and stuff. When when you own a keep, it's not completely safe until you have guards running around, because people can tunnel in like that and yeah. kind of just hang out. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool, and I guess you know it's like an Eve Online. I mean, everyone, the joke about EVE forever now is that it's it's a spreadsheet simulator or something, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but I think that people also, when they think of EVE Online, they do know that like you can have giant spaceships and there are giant spaceship battles happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't know if in Crowfall people are, are people who don't play, to be clear, are, are understanding how good the keep fighting is because it's really good <laughs> like I, I think it's the best keep fighting i've ever seen in any game and not just because of that specific moment but it's just really good it's just really really well done and yeah i don't know i just i i most of the time when i talk to other people who are who would be the market for it but don't play for whatever reason like they just don't know about it yeah anyone i mean that has PvP'd in a keep sieging type game scenario and has had good experiences or enjoys enjoys that content. I mean, this seems to be the the evolution of that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if they're not playing it, then they really just don't know about it because right. it is there or here. At me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, I just, like I said, just wanted to share that story. I thought it was a pretty cool moment and uh, something that I just, to me, stuck out as like, this is why Crowfall is great, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm happy to complain about the UI all the time. So I may <laughs> as well prop it up for things it does well, too. Well, I mean, when every time an MMO comes up in just our general conversations, I mean, how many times have we said that we've played an MMO that we liked and even if we didn't play it consistently, how we would always thought that, well, we probably shouldn't have quit entirely because at any point we could jump back in or play slower or, and, and Crowfall lends itself to that with the switching of the campaigns and everything. Hmm. Yeah, I think it does. I think, yeah, I think Crowfall is the the best example of a game. Well, and I mean, you know, it's something you spoke to very quickly earlier, but as as obtuse or obscure or whatever you want to call it, that the system by which you obtain harvesting and 
crafting skill ups in the form of disciplines. Mm -hmm. As weird as that system is, Crowfall might also be the only game I know of where a guild could hook someone up and bypass a ton of that grind for an individual because they already have it. Like in WoW, I can't go if I'm a blacksmith in WoW, I can't blacksmith so much that I can also donate blacksmith skill to you if you started playing with me, right? Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. But in Crowfall, very much you can do that. I mean, you gave me a quarrying, I think, purple. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. One of the gathering disciplines you gave me recently that was purple that I otherwise had never done, right? Like I never <laughs> didn't do it. And, and and so, but that lends itself also to like, hey, if I want to take a break for a while and come back, especially if there's a community that I'm already a part of and I can plug back into, they might be able to help me kind of catch up in ways that aren't really possible in other games. And the advantage of the people who have played the whole time is not nearly as significant, again, because of the campaign structure. Yeah, I, I mean, it all just depends on the community. And I definitely think our guild has done a good job of, of cultivating that atmosphere. Everyone seems uh, willing to, to help. And, you know, if we have yeah, things that aren't being used or available and someone needs it or wants it, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, here, have it. <laughs> I don't need anything right. for it. Well, I think that, you know, I think when we first started, we had some people that kind of bristled at that a little bit. And I think to their those people's credit, like it, it was in part because they were just playing way more than everyone, right? Like yeah. the game was new. You had a lot bigger mix of casuals and hardcores and stuff. And so someone who's playing for six hours a day or whatever isn't interested in donating their stuff to someone who's new or who's not doing that. But no one has anything yet because the game's new and all of that. At this point, A, the game is not new, so most people have some stuff that they want at least. <laughs> Maybe not everything, but a lot of it. Right. And beyond that, it's like if you're still playing, like you've probably put in the time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's no longer a concern of like, have you contributed? Like, yeah. I, I mean, you're, if you're around now, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're still in it. Right. All right. Good. Right. <laughs> And I think also, though, I think players leaving, you know, New World coming out, I think was definitely a, a show to the people who are really interested in playing Crowfall that like, hey, population can take a big hit and that can change the game dramatically, right? Yeah. And so I, I've just definitely noticed an ongoing sense of like, I don't see people just outright trolling people a lot. You know what I mean? Like... I've not heard someone in our in our community at least tell about like getting ganked and then having someone just hunt them all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I've just not I've just not encountered people talking about someone just completely ruining their experience. And and so coupled with that, I think that people are also more willing to be generous because it's like, hey, maybe that guy didn't, you know. Maybe I didn't earn purple quarrying because I didn't go hit enough rocks to generate that many disciplines, right? Mm -hmm. But if I can get purple quarrying and help the guild now, then that's that's useful. And if I can't, and now I can't participate in some guild farming activity, well, A, you're down a hammer, and B, 
if I can't participate, well, then maybe I don't stick around. And no one wants that, right? Because we want to keep the community vibrant. So. Yeah. The it seems like uh I mean I can't speak for all all players. That's would be kind of trolly ish, or maybe some people would consider toxic. It's like usually those players have really low patience and move on to games fairly quickly. And so anyone playing still playing at this point has I mean, is playing because they like the game, right? And, I mean, just the other day, I was out in the area, and this guy attacked me and ended up killing me. And I had a close respawn, so I figured, well, I haven't PvP'd a lot on this character. I'm going to go ahead and just keep attacking him. And, And probably did it, I don't know, maybe two, three times. It was more so because... I wanted to see how it would play against his mm-hmm. particular class. But even in general chat, he was like, hey, <laughs> good fight or whatever, and said something about me being persistent. And then I just laughed and was like, yeah, thanks for letting me practice. There's, there's no way I can kill you because of your class versus my class and the way I've spec'd it out. But I just wanted to see like what would happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, yeah, really friendly. And we're like, yeah, cool. And then, right. <laughs> yeah. No, to, then we totally actually agree. just stayed in the same area for a while and didn't bother. Yeah, then he just let you farm. Yeah. Next to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's cool. I don't know. Anything else you wanted to touch on for this episode? I think that too. That's going to be good. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley and is about why gaming matters. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay up.